Welcome. This is Jamie. And this is Donna. And this is episode number 41 of the Circa 71 podcast for the week of January 19th, 2021. Coming up on today's show, Magical Express Airport Service being discontinued in 2022. Early theme park entry replaces extra magic hours. And on our main segment, we continue our rankings at Disney's Hollywood Studios. This is the Circa 71 podcast. Special shout out to new listeners, Chris and Noel. Chris and Noel are cast members in the Holiday Services Department at Walt Disney World. Chris and Noel are specifically in charge of the installation and disassembly of the Christmas tree found at Town Square at the Magic Kingdom. They have had a very busy holiday season, but after the Christmas tree is taken down, they are just as busy. Throughout the year, they polish all 486 ornaments, dust and clean the 24 packages that form the base of the tree, and power wash each section of the approximately 65-foot tree. I'm also told they opened up their own online store, and for $35 an hour, come and decorate your house for the holidays. Do a Google search for Christmas Magic Makers and check them out. True story, Donna. $35? I heard it was $85. Well, I got that extra special discount. All right, Donna. It was a news-heavy week (laughs) this week. I, uh, I remember saying to you actually last week that I had some weird mojo feeling that you know, we were going to get a ton of Disney announcements, um, and I was off by one week. So, and not all of them are good, are they, my friend? No, 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 no. Some are some are quite bad. And and let's start with the bad one, or one of the bad <laughs> ones, I should say. Um, Disney's Magical Express service ending in 2022 at Walt Disney World. Um, as Many of our listeners probably know Disney's Magical Express service provides complimentary transportation. Uh, Wink, wink, it's included in your resort hotel package. Anyways, complimentary resort hotel um, or complimentary transportation from Orlando International Airport to the Walt Disney World Resort, specifically your resort that you're staying on um, on property. Um, this service will also is set to end on January 1st, uh, 2022. So it's you know basically a year in advance notice. Um, and the uh, what I consider actually one of the best parts of Magical Express, um, the luggage delivery service to um, your resort and the resort airline check-in. Um, will also uh, or has been was suspended you know since the um, reopening and will not um, be available anymore which I think is is quite possibly the bigger biggest loss Jamie Um, please read if you have it on your screen please read to our listeners the wording that Disney had the cojones to use because this (laughs) is just this is absurd um, this is the official statement from Walt Disney World regarding the cancellation of Disney's Magical Express. Vacationers have more options to choose from than ever than ever for transportation, including ride-share services that save time and offer flexibility to go where they want, when they want. And, I mean, I don't even think we need to read anything else other <laughs> from that statement. I mean, first off, you still have this service for a year. You're telling people 
it's probably not going to save you time, doesn't have a ton of flexibility, and you can't go where you want when you want. What? This it's is just, insane to me. I had to read that statement half a dozen times to put my jaw back together because the first time I read it just dropped automatically. It just, it's absurd. Whoever wrote that, it's just, I mean, there's only so much wordsmithing you can do to, to make it seem like a really, really selfish decision on Disney's part is in a guest benefit. It's just, I don't know, like, grow a pair and just say that we're discontinuing this or what I predict. And I've said this to you off podcast, they're going to start charging for a similar service. There's a couple, and we usually don't do too many crazy rumors, but there, I've read a couple of ideas that I, I feel, you know, we should at least spend a, a couple minutes mentioning um, that Disney may open up their own service, which they easily could do, um, you know, and charge little schemey on Disney's part, but whatever. I, I think if it's a, a reasonable price, people that are paying $4,000 for a week at Walt Disney World aren't really going to scoff at a hundred bucks round trip. Right. You know, for a family of four, if it's, you know, say $25. Um, I would pay $25 if the baggage service came because that to me is the most uh, critical element of, of the whole thing. Um, a lot of people were really banking also on the rail line that we talked about um, a couple of weeks ago. But, but that takes that you to Disney seems... Springs. What's, yeah. I mean, like, what's the benefit there? Then you still have to get from Disney Springs to your resort. So they're going to have more buses at Disney Springs and people loading all this luggage all over the place because they don't have the, the luggage transfer service. I, I, and the, that's still not around the corner. Right. Well, I think we looked at that at maybe 2023 at the right. earliest, um, if not more into the mid-2020s. So I, I don't really think Disney has that totally in mind as a potential solution. Um, I, I can't really imagine that it cost Disney that much money where they were operating at that much of a loss um, with Magical Express. I, I just, this is awful we should mention that mirrors the company that actually you know runs magical express no pun intended um did issue a statement saying they will continue providing their own transportation to the theme parks and resorts um obviously that's going to be for for some sort of a charge um but th this is the narrative and we'll get to another story with this later on this is the narrative from this company for so long of we're just going to take, 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 take all these things away and still charge the same prices. To me, looking at it from even the travel agent side, which we don't really focus a ton on that in, the, in this podcast, but it's important for me to say, that is a huge selling point to, to potential guests wanting to, you know, debating between, am I going to stay on property? Am I going to stay off property? You know, and we can't say, okay, you know, we can sell you the dining plan and stay on property because we can't. We right. can't say there's um, extra magic hours and, you know, asterisk, asterisk, asterisk that statement because of one of our next stories. But we can't say there's extra magic hours for staying on property. We, um, you know, won't be able to say in the future that there's even complimentary transportation for staying on property. I mean, we were ripping Swan and Dolphin a new hole not that long ago for them changing, you know, instead of bringing guests directly to the front of Magic Kingdom, dropping guests off at TTC. 
And, and now we're going to sit here and say, Disney's not even doing the airport transportation starting 2022. Uh, Jamie, I don't get it. I think they're shooting themselves in the foot. I agree. And, and, and that's actually a great segue in, in the, the final point that I want to make about this. Um, and, and that's for the last minimum 10 to 15 years, especially when Magical Express first started, it was we want to keep people in the Disney bubble as yes. long as possible. Yes. So you're going to spend money, more money in our resorts. Let's not have, they don't need to rent a car. We'll provide the transportation from MCO, OIA, whatever you want to call it, to our property free of charge. You know, we'll hide it in the resort fee, whatever. And people can use our transportation. Let's make it more difficult to go off site, off property. You know, to the other company down I-4. And let's not forget that they're charging for parking now the past few years at the resorts, which is also a deterrent. You know, it's, hey, stay in the Disney bubble, stay in the Disney bubble. Well, how the bleep do you want people to get to the Disney bubble? Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's especially in that statement where you highlight rideshare services. Yeah. <laughs> especially considering you just cut permanently <laughs> your own rideshare service right you had i, I mean the uh, what the hell are they doing and oh say that. Yourself? okay no i did i did check that out i i because i wanted to be something a little bit stronger and just say disney what the hell this decision is so so bad um, and you're just devaluing your own product. So, well, Jamie, what it was? It was the day after this announcement came out that you told me Josh Damara was in the same theme park where I was, and I was like, if I see that man, I'm <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Josh, wake up, man! Tell the bald wonder this is a terrible decision. So, yeah. Um, but with that, go ahead, Donna. Go to your our next story. So Not this, this one, is better. I was just gonna say this one might be. I mean. In truth, this one does make me slightly less mad. Slightly. Okay. You no? Know? Yes? I'm getting like a so little I, nod. <laughs> no, I, I didn't realize you were... I thought that was more rhetorical. But yes, <laughs> probably slightly less bad. Okay. So Jamie and I in the past have talked about things that were discontinued um, when the parks reopened after COVID-19. And one of those things, one of those perks, one of those extras were extra magic hours. So they were first introduced in the early 2000s, and this was a complimentary benefit for on-site Disney Resort hotel guests. So back in the day, as Jamie and I also talked about, because that has changed drastically over the years, the parks would open up to one, one park a day, would open one hour early, and then another park would stay open in the evenings. And it used to be for like three hours past park closing. Um, but as time went on, it became, you know, staying open an hour late or two hours late, and it wasn't quite as big a deal. Jamie and I were kind of reminiscing on, you know, the, the 2 a.m. bus rides back after your extra magic hours at Magic Kingdom a day. The park closed at 11 to everybody and you stayed till, till 2. Uh, couldn't do that anymore. I would not be up the next morning. <laughs> but back in the day, it was nice. Um, so in any case, this is one of the, the many pieces that did not come back um, post-COVID-19 reopening, which I truly do understand. Now that park um, hopping has returned um, as of January 1st of this year, I truly do understand even more why that would be difficult because then everyone who had this park hopper benefit in the evening would 
likely be going to that one park. I guess the asterisk there would be Animal Kingdom still wouldn't be open later than other parks if it stayed open an extra hour currently, currently. Um, But in any case, an announcement came out that states that, and this is, I mean, they act like this is a huge deal. So here we go. As part of Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary celebration, Donna's aside, wow, they're finally talking about this. <laughs> Disney Resort Hotel guests and guests of other select hotels will be able to enjoy 30-minute early entry to any theme park every day. According to Disney, the new early theme park entry benefit helps them better spread visitation across all four theme parks while providing added flexibility by giving guests extra early park time on each day of their vacation and the park of their choosing. Please note that guests need valid admission and a park reservation made via the Disney Park Pass system to enter the theme park. So, Jamie, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm just being very, very honest and saying that... um, I guess it was this past Friday, we had Hollywood Studios and we typically go over in the afternoon after Anthony's nap and stay in the afternoon till, till park closed, which, you know, is a whopping seven o'clock. Uh, but Andrew said, you know, hey, I'm going to get up. I'm going to try to get a uh, pass for Rise. I haven't done Rise in a while. I'd like to go over and do that. And I had a, a call in the morning, so I knew I couldn't go over with him. So Andrew got up at seven. He got his, his thing. At 840, park opens at nine, mind you. At 840, his phone buzzes and says, please return to Rise of the Resistance. It's your time to board. And Andrew goes, oh, um, okay, I guess I'm going to leave home now. <laughs> like, cool. The park's not even open yet. Andrew went over. He wrote it. He came back. And, you know, the reason I bring this up is because the park did not open until nine. We clearly are not staying on property. Andrew left our house that morning to go right. over there. And if he had been in the park, he would have been on it before the official ride opening at, or, or um, excuse me, park opening at nine. So if they're going to make this like huge deal, oh, we're going to allow you in 30 minutes early, Disney, bite me. You're already letting people in well more than 30 minutes early and operating a lot of attractions well more than 30 minutes early. So the fact that they're like making this like, oh, this is for the 50th anniversary celebration. No, it's not, you big, stupid, stupid liars. And people who believe this, I feel bad for because they're just uninformed. I don't disagree with anything you said. I'm going to not necessarily play devil's advocate, but I want to think just a couple of different things through. I, I think with this, we do have to pretend that it is a post-COVID world and there's a rope drop situation. Okay, so we deal with that. They're corralling everybody. Could the half hour make a difference? Maybe. You know, you might get in an extra ride, maybe two. Okay, you get a li- that little bit of a jump. My issue with it is I almost don't really care because it's in the morning where I don't know anymore if I really, it would impact me. Um, And I only really cared about extra magic hours at night. Like you said, the 2 a.m. leaving Magic Kingdom, awesome. Love Mm -hmm. it. But if you're going to make it in the morning, it wouldn't impact me, A, because I, I just wouldn't be in the parks probably that early. And B, old extra magic hours, the old school of thought was always don't go to the park that has extra magic hours because that's where everybody goes and they're busier anyways. So I always, when I was planning, went to a park that didn't have specifically, like I said, in the morning and 
obviously we had APs and, and the park hopper for anything at night, but specifically talking about the morning, it would be a park I avoided anyways. So are, is it going to disperse crowds? I could see that. I'm going to call that plausible. But, but not- how so? You still have to have your park rats reservation for that day. Because not everybody would be, if they only had one park that had extra magic hours or, or whatever, uh, what do they even call it? Early theme park entry. If it was right. only one park, more people would go to that park. Not if there's no p- park house reservations available? Yeah, but how often has that, I mean, how often have we seen that that's actually happened recently? Yesterday, I had a guest call me all sorts of PO'd that she was checking in. You know, she, was, she wasn't supposed to check until today. So she called me yesterday morning. She was making great time in the drive. She wanted me to add a day. I did. And she, um, she wanted to get Magic Kingdom and she couldn't. And she was pretty PO'd about it. And I said, listen, if it's not available, it's not available. Magic Kingdom and Studios were unavailable for Disney theme park guest, or um, Disney hotel guests yesterday. I checked. So she had to go to Epcot. And she ended up texting me that she left Epcot because she felt like it was too busy. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting. Cause that, I just read something that they actually were replenishing. Yes. Passes. That was earlier in the week though. Okay. So it didn't apply to, to yesterday, but anyways, I, I just, I feel, I mean, taking the park pass reservation system or whatever out of the equation, it, it the majority of people, if they said, Oh, magic extra magic hours would go to the park that was always kind of the 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 standard line of thinking so that's where i I don't think this is really it for me it's like a non-starter either way if you're talking about something at night totally different ball game for me personally um i think 30 minutes is a joke quite frankly absolutely if you're going to do something it should be a minimum of an hour that I'm okay with. I think that's fair and reasonable. Anything earlier than that, it's. I understand it's a business. You're not get. You're not going to get enough people there that early on vacation. You're just not. Well, except for Epcot, not opening until ten or eleven in the morning. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, but I, I mean, that's also, you know, a COVID world. This is going to be around. This is replacing, as far as we know, extra magic hours. I hope not. I hope not. I hope that this is just a COVID patch that they're saying, oh, in celebration of the 50th, you know, while we're still in COVID protocols, this is what we're doing. But with a bald wonder, you never know. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Good uh, good discussion on that, though, Donna. Um, let's go to our next story. Something else <laughs> that's further delayed. Yeah. <laughs> the journey of water inspired by Moana confirmed as unexpected to open at Epcot in 2021. Um, this is according to a new report by USA Today that had quotes from Disney Parks Experience and Products Chairman uh, Josh Demaro, where they um, expect that the um, walkthrough experience whatever it's supposed to be um will not um open this year um even though it was originally um rumored to open in time for epcot's 40th uh in 2022 so that's where it looks like it's going to be currently demolition is underway on interventions west um which is where this walkthrough um attraction is supposed to be um I don't know, Donna. 
<laughs> what do you think about Moana, the journey of water? I mean, this to me is just the further butcher butcherization. Is that I'm not even sure if it's the word. I was going to use a different B word and yes. I didn't know I could say that B word yeah, on the you, podcast. You just butcherized the English language. So go ahead. <laughs> of 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 Epcot and Future World, which I love. It's more of this, let's shove a- or, uh, APs, <laughs> IPs down our throats. Let's, let's, you know, make sure that there's always something visible that we, you know, own this intellectual property. This is ours. Moana's ours. Moana's ours. Come on, get a grip. No one really needs a f- walkthrough experience. Like, bah, I could care less about it one way or the other. But what grinds my gears is that they're still talking about it in that film in the Epcot experience, because I mm-hmm. heard it the other night when we were sitting just outside eating a snack, um, and that they're talking about all this stuff coming. Is it really? Is it really? And when? I'd really like to know that. Yeah, I, I just don't really get what it is, it, especially, I, I mean, I get what it is. It's essentially a fountain with a Moana logo on it. Ooh, I, I mean, yeah. ah, all together now. <laughs> Moana is going to be at the Poly, which I think for the most part, you and I have agreed we don't hate the idea, but it, it just seems so weird. Like it's going to be plunked in that if you're looking at an overhead, that lower right hand side. Um, I guess on your way to the Living Seas, it's part mm-hmm. of nature because it's water based. Okay. But you're just walking through it i i I just i don't understand it i I guess we shouldn't complain too much because they could have easily put you know some sort of weird kiosk there um but i i I don't know i i just find it really really bizarre well on from that uh delay to another one shall we let's keep it rolling we're four for four (laughs) Oh, we're about to be five for five with the next story. Uh, delays on Tron light cycle run at the Magic Kingdom quietly confirmed. So, of course, you know, Disney's not said anything to most people about this. But according to a new piece in USA Today, so we're not talking about Joe Schmo magazine. We're talking about USA Today, uh, which talks about different offerings coming to Disney parks in this, this year, 2021. Um, it has been confirmed that Tron light cycle uh, won't open during Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary later this year. So Josh Jamaro says that, quote, the coaster isn't expected to open during the park's 50th birthday year, unquote. Whether that means that it won't be open in 2021 or not until fall 2022 after the full year from the anniversary has passed is yet to be seen. So this is another time where, you know, it's not a, quote, priority project. They're going to shut it down for whatever reason. I don't know how this isn't a priority project. I I mean, to me, in my opinion, when they started announcing plans for the 50th, 50th, this was like the Keystone project, you know, the big gift to Magic Kingdom. And, you know, now it's going to be some ugly show building that's just shown with – I don't even know if they're putting in the the uh, canopy uh, pieces, the, the illuminated LED panels. That's the word I was looking for. Um, I don't know if they're going in or just they're going to leave the skeleton up. But I mean, Jamie, do you know what the real shame of this is to me? It's sitting next to Space Mountain, which is an iconic building that looks awesome. More so than that, what can't reopen until they finish this construction? The railroad. I mean, Walt is definitely rolling in his grave. I'm sorry. I know it's not nice to say, 
but he loved those steam trains. Right. And, he's and the in fact his that freezer. we're going to be. <laughs> so he's rolling in his freezer. Just his head, though, right? Well, he's actually just there chilling. <laughs> but, um, um, but the fact that the Walt Disney World Railroad is not going to be operational at the 50th, I mean, that sucks. The, the only thing, though, I don't want to get too far ahead, ahead of ourselves. That may only be impacted by the outside construction, which they may or may not be finishing and leaving the show building elements later on. So we're not exactly sure how much progress they're doing on the outside. That's the only thing we should somewhat keep in mind and hold on to. I'm not going to hold my breath, James. It's still a big expenditure to get that running again. Yeah, well, they are. I I have seen uh, Fantasyland station pictures um, do have new... uh, railroad tracks being laid actively hey so that's good news yeah it's it's well just done. sitting there so this is what story story four so story four b you adding that is the first right of life <laughs> there we well go done. so let's go, go to number five else. it's gonna be another really good one <laughs> breaking news disneyland ending sunsetting the annual pass holder <laughs> program and canceling all um ap's this includes um, pretty much all the annual passes out in Disneyland and the premier passport, which gives access to the Disneyland resort, as well as all the parks at um, Walt Disney world. Um, so APs will be refunded and future membership offerings are in the works, which means they're changing it. Um, I could see this actually being similar to that flex pass um, AP that they rolled out that actually seemed to be pretty popular with people. Um, I'm not overly surprised by this. We also have heard some stories that this was being discussed pre-COVID situation. Um, The thing that makes this interesting and where, if I'm taking a very, 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 very glass half full kind of mentality, in that it could really just be a business decision where if you're on a essentially a subscription service with, you know, an annual pass, Every month that I give you credit for, that's going to be two months worth of time that I'm not getting revenue back. So if if the they've I mean, let's be honest, Disneyland is may not reopen this calendar year. I mean, that's a legitimate um, uh, possibility. Mm-hmm. So that if they keep extending and extending and extending, let's just say, you know, an AP got extended for a year. That means that person has another year worth of annual pass life, which means Disney didn't get any revenue for two full years. Mm-hmm. So from a business perspective, I could almost understand, you know, that logic if that actually went into it. So. I am not as wound up about this <laughs> as you might have expected me to be. When you first sent me this article, I think you expected like a huge Donna reaction. I called this. you. I thought it was that important. Yeah. And I was like, eh, Jamie, I'm not, I'm not as wound up about this as you think I would be or as you are or whatever. Um, I don't necessarily, I think that when that was announced, I feel like a lot of people's boom reaction was this is going to come to Florida. Could it? I mean, yeah, there have been comments made by the Bald Wonder that he doesn't really value 
annual pass holders the way you know I feel as though we should be valued with the amount of you know, time and, and money and, and things like that 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 we spend there. Um, so I guess there, there's always room for concern, but that's definitely not my snap to media judgment. It's the piece that you just explained. It's that, you know, with the current climate in California, with the fact that, um, they're now a mass vaccination site out there. I just don't being honest. I just don't see that property being able to reopen in 2021. So by the time it does reopen, you know, like, like you were saying, James, how long, will it have already been that they didn't take in money? And then for every pass holder that they extend it, they weren't, would not then be taking in money moving forward. I'm sorry. I was just trying to do the quick calculations. If we say that they shut down in March, my right? quick calculations is basically 21 months. Right. If it opens so, January, 2022. So you really can't, when you think about it that way, I don't see how you can really be that fired up about it. They didn't say it's not coming back. They said that there will be changes. What I think is ironic that they're saying sunsetting. Like if, if they really did this just because of COVID-19 and not the rumbles that we've heard, they were talking about doing this anyway, um, you know, come out and say it, you know, due to COVID-19 and projected closures, blah, blah, blah. I think that might reassure some folks. Um, what I do think is really interesting about the whole piece is that Disneyland, much more so than Walt Disney World Resort, has always been seen as like the neighborhood park, the locals park. Um, it's not like down here that, and I'm just guessing, I don't know these numbers, but if one out of every 10 guests is an annual pass holder here, I think out there it's probably five out of every 10. Um, so I think it's, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I'm pretty sure it's actually even higher than that. I, I think okay. um, listening to Disney Dish, they always say it's an 80-20. And then it's wow. 2080 flip with world where basically 80% comes from like within 150 miles from Disneyland. Okay. So even more so than James, right? To exactly. my point that I, I don't think that park could exist without their locals. So I don't think that Disney's going to hang them out to dry and not offer them anything. I don't think that that's feasible. The world's most famous regional theme park. So. No, I, I would tend to agree. Um, all right, Donna, let's wrap up these last two stories real quick. Um, CDC, oh, this is your story, sorry. Yes, sir, thank you. So the CDC is requiring proof of a negative COVID-19 test or proof of recovery from COVID-19 for all flights coming into the United States. You might say, Donna, we're not flying out of the country. Why does this impact me? Well, International visitors to Walt Disney World Resort. There's quite a few. Um, I can tell you that that you know, walking through the parks, you oftentimes you know see folks picking up maps in other languages. You oftentimes hear folks communicating in other languages. Um, you know, they're not all um, from from the United States. So adding this test, this this proof that you are not at that moment, and of course there's all the argument of, okay, you had the test three days ago and you pick it up a day ago and you carry it anyway. But at least at that moment, they've added more um, security to um, keep us all safer. So I look at it as a good thing. No, I would agree. And I think I also read that MCO is adding um, testing site at the airport. Did you read that? I didn't. That's interesting. Okay. 
Maybe I made it up. I don't know. But I'm pretty sure I read it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's go into our last news story. Going all the way to Tokyo. Speaking of international travel, Tokyo Disney Resort go. resuming ticket sales January 14th. Um, and at this time, due to the state of emergency declaration, um, Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea will only admit 5,000 guests uh, per day during the emergency, which Pretty think crazy. about that for a second. Yeah. Yes. Is it not? Like reading that number, like I want to be one of 5,000 guests at a Disney park. Sign me up. Yeah. I mean, that's almost, um, what is that? Discovery Cove-esque. <laughs> right. So pretty, um, obviously uh, not the ideal situation to do so, but uh, definitely interesting. And at least good to see that Tokyo Disney um, and the Oriental Land Company who owns uh, the Tokyo Disney Resort will be able to bring in some uh, capital. So Interesting stories, but Don, I think that's a good part, a good point to take a quick break, and we we will be back discussing our rankings for Disney's Hollywood Studios. And we are back, Donna, continuing our series on uh, ranking attractions at Disney's Hollywood Studios. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at the attractions on Hollywood Boulevard, the main strip. Um, if you will, of Hollywood Studios running all the way to the Chinese Theater. And as you're entering to the left, the um, Echo Lake attraction. So this week, we're going to be taking a look. Um, of course, if you make the right pass uh, uh, the Starbucks down Sunset Boulevard. I love that this is literally a landmark for you. Let's go by the Red Trolley Cafe and make a right. Well, you know, it, it is super important. Um, and you do know there's actually a Starbucks at Epcot. <laughs> Um, how long do you spend in line at Disney World for Starbucks in a given trip? If the line is, we're not like the first morning people that need their coffee. We like the, the refreshers. Um, so usually if the, if the line's bad, we don't stop. Um, but mm -hmm. they are, we will say, um, on the dining plan, a very good use of credit. <laughs> um, so anyways, uh, this week we're going to take a look at Sunset Boulevard and um, animation courtyard. So where do you want to start, Donna? Let's go Sunset Boulevard. All right. Pick an attraction. Rock and Roller Coaster starring Aerosmith. Ooh. All right. So I, as a roller coaster, I really do like this attraction. Um, as I've gotten older, it has been a little bit tougher and tougher to ride. I'm, <laughs> I'm on the attraction. My head is back. I'm, you know, my neck is bulging out because I don't want my head to move. Um, one time I was on the attraction and it felt like my head was a ping pong ball. Like mm -hmm. I couldn't get my head back and it just kept bouncing between the, the headrest um, and the, uh, the shoulder restraints, I mean. Um, my, there was one time my mom... Uh, who actually really liked the attraction at the time. Um, we got on with my mom, dad, and sister, and we're looking at her picture, you know, saying how, how awesome the ride was, and we turn and look, and mom's nowhere to be found. <laughs> we find her halfway down the exit ramp, heading for the bathroom. And it took I was her ready to say, like, and mom's sitting on the ground with her head between her knees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She didn't, she didn't puke, but she, she was not feeling well. And she said she had a headache before she went on. So clearly it's not something that, that was probably best um, for her. Um, so unfortunately, I don't think that's on the plans for her anytime soon. Um, which I guess you could make a knock against it is that it, it, this is not one of the quintessential Disney for all of the family. 
Um, sure. You know, it has, I don't think 48 is the, the highest height require restriction, correct? Correct. So 48 inches, the, you know, that is the most restrictive um, of all the attractions at, at Walt Disney World. Um, and obviously for some uh, folks who might be older or, you know, motion sickness or different like, things like that, it may not be for all the family. I want to say a couple of like the water slides might be 52, but when we're talking about the four major theme parks, I would bet my bottom dollar it's 48 inches. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't a hundred percent sure. I'll, as you're talking about it, I'll go ahead and do a quick search, but I thought 48 was most restrictive, but we'll look. So rock and roller coaster. I think that the pre-show for this, is one of the best pre-shows. I don't care how many times you've seen it. It's still cool. The technology behind it's still cool that you think the band is right there. The whole idea of like, oh, we're going we're gonna to take you to our show, but you know, how are we going to get there? Oh, well, let's count everybody. Let's get a stretch. Make that a super stretch. Like, mm-hmm. I, I love it. It's so corny, but I love it. I love that, you know, the rest of the queue, once you're inside, outside's pretty brutal, especially in the heat, even with those fans. But once you're inside, like making it seem like you're inside a recording studio with the albums and those dang marbles that people like to spin <laughs> and everything else. The COVID catchers. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, but in any case, it's it's a really cool attraction. I cannot tell you the last time I've been on it. I'm a little bit afraid you know, what will happen when I go on it. I will tell you in general, my motion sickness feels a lot better toward the front of an attraction. So I would probably say if I could sit toward the front. Um, I just think it's so cool. Like the zero to 60 sh- like shoot off and they snap the picture there my really dear friend heather her daughter was tall enough on their last visit to ride and i'm linked to her in my disney experience so i saw the picture heather my my sweet friend looks like she's crapping herself and lily (laughs) her daughter has the biggest grin on her face so of course me being the great friend that i am i take the screenshot and and say uh what happened and she goes oh i've been waiting for you to see that picture It's so <laughs> it's definitely a, it's a fun photo spot for sure. No, I totally agree. It's in a great spot. Um, you know, right at the launch, you know, you got the Steven Tyler countdown, <laughs> you know, gender. Uh, uh, I can't think what they say, what they have on the screen above um, something. We be jamming. Lots be jamming. Yes. We be jamming. Like the whole thing's just iconic. You, you get out of the, um, pre-show I, I love the theming of the alley it's so yeah. so cool um i don't like that it's a cattle shoot never have never will but that's beside the point yeah that always yeah no no no. i do agree with that that, that could be done a little bit better um so what do you think if you had to give it a score oh man uh, one more thing i do want to say i love mm-hmm. the dark elements that it's dark and that everything's neon. I think that that's really, really cool. and makes it fun for what it is like this idea of you're racing through LA trying to get the concert, trying to get to the concert. No, I agree. And you know what? The exit of the ride, I think is actually really cool too, with the, um, like the spotlights and, you know, yes. the red, the, you're literally stepping out onto a red carpet. Like that theming is pretty clever um and well done so i i think the biggest knock for it is it's just, it's so intense that it's just not everybody can will be able to enjoy it yeah yeah i mean i i agree not even the height piece but also the <laughs> as we said getting older sucks you know the motion sickness piece the banging your head around a little bit too much piece yeah um but all that said i mean 
I think it's a pretty excellent attraction. There's a reason it cues the lines that it does. Um, I will go seven. That was the number that I had as well. Yep. No, I totally agree. All right. Fair enough. What do we have next? So from there, we go very exciting. Another car themed thing. Mm-hmm. Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy. <laughs> um, uh, I've done this once, maybe twice, I think. Um, the Lightning McQueen audio animatronic, I think, is amazing. I, I really... I, I really, really genuinely think that is one of the coolest looking animatronics. It's fluid um, and and just really well done. Unfortunately, that's really where the money was spent (laughs) for for this particular attraction. Um, After that, it's really just screened base, which I'm not a huge, huge fan of. Um, I think they could do something a little bit better um, with that space in general, but I mean, the highlight for that is is definitely the um, Lightning McQueen AA. Jamie, let me ask you, because we have not done this. We don't okay. go down Sunset Boulevard, so there's really no reason for us to have gone down to check that out. I've seen pictures. Would you compare that AA to the vehicles that we saw in Cars Land in California? Um... I mean, obviously <laughs> they're comparable, um, but I, I would consider it like almost a different generation. Yes, I, I would say the one. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, you're referring to the ones in um, Radiator Springs Racers. No, or the, the ones, ones that, are that came out onto the street. The okay, ones that came that, out onto the okay, street. That's like, what I, I thought you like, were talking about. Yeah, um, I would say the the one on stage looks more fluid whereas the ones in in the um that are up and down the street to me look like somebody's driving them as cars okay um, and and not necessarily as dynamic and alive as um the one in lightning mcqueen's racing academy like i really think the one in, in racing academy looks like the the car's alive Oh, cool. Okay. Is really, um, and I actually thought you were going to ask me a slightly different question. I I thought you were going to ask, is it worth doing? Absolutely. Especially if Anthony has ever seen or is somewhat into, um, you know, any of the cars movies, um, it's worth checking out. It's, it's cute. Um, but definitely the highlight is the, um, the AA. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm just uh, afraid of going down there because he's going to point at tower tower and want to do it. And I'm going to, throw up when i do eventually <laughs> do it with him tell him about one-on-one yeah seriously until he hears people screaming that's true <laughs> all right so um that said jamie i will default to you and whatever rating you give it i will uh, i will echo you no pressure just you know don't don't screw up and be fair i'm going to give it a five because I, I think the storyline could be a little bit better if they put a so little... So you rate that the same thing as Indy, just throwing it out there. You rate it yeah. Vacation Fun as a four, Indy as a five. Yeah, what... It, well, I think Star Tours, I gave like a two, right? Four. A four. Okay, then, yeah, as long as it's ahead of Star Tours, um, I would much, I would do this over Star Tours. I, I think, like I said, the budget was definitely spent on the, the AA, but um, it's cute and, you know, a good family attraction that people can see all right fair enough 
So that does bring us to Tower of Terror. And if I may, I'd like to just discuss this first because I know that this is like one of your absolute favorite things. Mm -hmm. So I love the theming of this attraction. I love that instead of them posting a five minute wait, and this is even pre-COVID, it's always a 13 minute wait. So if you saw 13 and you've been there enough, you know that that's a walk on. So 13 minutes, I'm I'm walking in. Um, Everything from walking through the courtyard into the building, the whole thing is just so beautifully themed. It does not ever feel like you are waiting in a queue. It feels like you are arriving at this rundown, beat up hotel. Um, I love that we've talked about the costumes, that you and I think their costumes are phenomenal for the mm-hmm. cast members. I love that you walk into the lobby and you know, the cobwebs are everywhere. And, you know, it's it's just everything about it. And then into the boiler room and, you know, just the, the, the whole thing. And, and it, it's just a really, really phenomenal attraction. All the pre-show pieces really flow seamlessly. Even if you wait for 30 minutes, you don't feel like you're waiting for 30 minutes because you're doing so much and seeing so much as you move throughout. Um, just a really, really neat experience. That said, with my motion sickness issues, I always tell Andrew, it's like one drop too many. <laughs> when it was like first opened, that it would drop like once, maybe twice. Totally cool. Totally fine. Also, I was a lot younger then, especially at nighttime. I used to love when those doors open and you're looking out over the park. My gosh, stunning, beautiful, gorgeous view. But now that it's all random, I swear to you, Jane, it's one drop too many. Like I feel okay. And then I'm like, okay, enough, enough, enough. And it drops me over time. And I think I'm going to blow my chunks. Yeah, it... it... <sighs> I mean, it really does depend on the on the drop sequence that you get. Um, I think it's cool that not even the cast members know what you're going to get. It's totally computer based, and and the computer, you know, algorithms choose what you get, and there's n- really no predictability to it. Um, I do agree with you that there are some of the drop profiles where I'm like, oh, I could have done one less um, yeah. of that. With that being said, I don't disagree with anything you said. Um, the outside area, um, you know, the garden area is amazing. The broken, um, uh, not pond, uh, like fountain, you know, mm-hmm. right before you enter the main building, the detail that went into the lobby that nobody's really looking at because the queue doesn't go that deep um, into the actual lobby. It is just amazingly themed. I could quote the pre-show by heart um this attraction is amazing um (laughs) um, the the twilight zone theme is is so well integrated i I cannot say enough amazing things um about this attraction um it's in my top three at disney world and easily on any given day could be number one for me i love tower of terror so this is where it gets really interesting for me, the ratings piece, because it is a phenomenal attraction. Just because I can't stomach it because I've gotten to be a wuss as I've gotten older doesn't take away. Like, that's why for Star Tours, I gave it the six that I gave it last week or two weeks ago, whenever it was, because just because I can't do it doesn't make it not something that's really, really cool and really worth doing. So I'm sitting here and I'm looking at my numbers from last week and I gave Frozen an eight and that's really what I'm leaning toward for Tower. And it's just funny to me because if you tell me Frozen or Tower, see you later, have fun on Tower. I'm going to go see <laughs> go to the Frozen sing-along like deuces. But I, I, I think I got to give it an eight. I think I have to be fair. Okay. Um, it's a 10 for me. Whoa! It, it, it's, 
like I said, I, I, I could not, other than maybe like, okay, I got a bad drop profile, not feeling too great. I, I mean, the fifth dimension scene, you know, the other scenes that are involved when you're in the actual elevator, I couldn't find anything that I would critique this attraction um, on. I, so you don't it. want them to do a Guardians overlay? No, I, and I, <laughs> I'm just I, busting your I don't think they actually ever will. I don't want to say ever, but I don't think they will. A because of the contract with Universal, but on a larger sense, I think the um, original Tower of Terror is really protected um, by Imagineering. In that, you know, the one out in California was not as good as the one that we have. Fair. So. So from there, let's move on to Beauty and the Beast live on stage. Which Asterisk is obviously not operating right now. Right. This, and which is kind of sad because I I don't think I ever really appreciated it as much as I probably should have. This is probably top three of my dad's favorite attractions. He he will do this, um, wants to do this every time we're, we're at the studios. Um, and even though it's a real, just kind of retelling and rehashing of, um, you know, Beauty and the Beast, it's really well done, even though they've mm-hmm. kind of chopped it down a little bit over the years. Um, I, I think the actual, um, theater, amphitheater, um, I think they just call it a theater, um, is it, actually kind of a cool little structure, um, you know, with the panels and you got the big, uh, fans it's just kind of cool to see the the stage show there um and you know what every anytime i'm in there it's pretty much a packed arena hundred um, percent theater so I, I can't i i wish and you know covid you know brings some of those feelings back but i, I wish i had appreciated it more and will appreciate it more um if and when it returns I mean, even things like the the um, costume, the wardrobe changes, mm-hmm. when they would pull out that big, um, really gorgeous tapestry and hold it up and shake it, and then the, the actor or actress would come out dressed. I mean, it's just so impressive. Like, the little pieces like that that, they, that Disney's able to pull off. I was, I was always impressed by the, the vocal abilities of the cast that they had. It never was like, ooh, it's a little questionable. They were always very strong. I... I loved it. That was always a really fun thing that we enjoy doing. And even on those hot days, those big fans really helped. Yeah. And the, the one other thing, I'm glad you brought up the costumes when they kind of change. And after the beast, um, you know, turns back into the, the prince, um, the, the uh, not purple, but that, that um, color that they have, you know, the, the workers or whatever that they change into and the gowns that the women change yes. into. They're beautiful. Yes. So I, I really, it, it's, I underrated this attraction, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, I'm not going to say it's a pinnacle attraction because that might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but it's definitely something that I believe is sorely missed. And you and I talked about this when I, when I gave the report after seeing Frozen, um, 
the frozen sing along reopen and, and seeing how they, you know, were able to, to respect social distancing and, and or physical distancing, I guess it would be called in that case. Um, I just, I don't get how they can't do something similar for that show. Sure. You wouldn't have as many backup dancers and backup chorus and things like that, but there are ways around it. That should be open. It's outside. Let's go. Right. No, I, I, I agree. Get the equity actors back in. So what would you get for your score? So I give India five. I think that this is a step better for me. I'm going to go a six. That's we're in agreement. That that was the number that I had in my head too. Um, definitely. It's better than Indy. Um, I think it has more staying power um, quite frankly than Indy. And no, I'm fully going to take advantage if, when it comes back. And I truly hope it does. All right. The last attraction on Sunset Boulevard is Fantasmic. Oh, yeah, I even forgot about it. Oh, Fantasmic. It's a good thing Val's upstairs. She hates this show. <laughs> you know our thoughts. <laughs> um, I really like the music of the show. I think the ending is really well done. I think Disneyland's is much better, um, especially with the projection effects I that they added in. I think the Pocahontas scene slows the show to a crawl and just kills it. <laughs> um, the, the, the other thing is uh, the water projection technology it's i can never feel like i actually see what it is on the screen it's like oh it kind of looks like this so um i i think so it has good bones i think it's been around long enough where it just needs to be plussed um, i don't disagree with anything you said i do think that the water screens are pathetic you really can't tell what they're trying to show. I think as far as a storyline goes, it, it's lacking. Like, okay, Mickey's ha- is Mickey having a bad dream? Is that what's happening? <laughs> and then Sorcerer Mickey comes out to make it better. And then all the princesses come out on boats. Like, it's just like, what in the world is happening? Um, I like the pyrotechnic effects. I like the, the, the firework elements. I think that Sorcerer Mickey shooting the sparkler thing out of his hand is is really 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 cool i do love all those characters that come out on the boats in the end i think that that's really neat to see all them and how they rotate around um things that i despise as you said the pocahontas scene um the fact that you have to get there so blessed early to sit on the hardest bench that god ever put on this planet with no backs awful um to get decent seats like i said you either have to get there early or have a dining package or you know whatever else it's just to me i think like you said it just it sorely needs some sort of update when you compare that to firework shows across property to castle projection shows to even like sun what what in the world do they call um the projections show for for christmas time Sun, sunset, sunset seasons season. greeting. Okay. Or the, well, okay. the one on Tower of Terror. Correct. The, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sunset so seasons greetings. Even when you compare that to Fantasmic, it's like, come on, that wipes its butt with Fantasmic. 
Yeah. So when you're talking about like, this is your pinnacle nighttime attraction, you have two shows. It's that popular. Come on, dude. Yeah. It's a shame because like I said, it has good bones. It's a lot of things that they should just tweak, which who knows if they're ever going to do that because it's still going to, you know, pack the house, so to speak. Um, so it's yeah the the water screens um, are an issue. I actually think the barges. I'm glad that they went with LEDs on those lights um, for like the Prince Eric Ariel those kind of scenes. Um, I think they're actually real fun. Um, but um, you know, I, I think there are some things that definitely can um, you know be improved. And, and who knows? I think the ending is awesome though. I, I do really. Um, have to say that, especially with the music and everything like that. I also have to throw it out there that, um, gosh, this was years ago. There was a really cute video floating on Facebook of the really cute um, brother and sister pair dancing Mm -hmm. to the Fantasmic song. And we sent it to you. And you said (laughs) what to my husband? What what did you say? That you wanted to see him do what? Andrew, for, for our listeners out there, Andrew has the um sorcerer mickey on top of the um not castle like the rock mountain thing the motion to that down pat and it (laughs) is absolutely hysterical so jamie says andrew i think you need to recreate that video so my husband does not do anything halfway he found like a red pair of old shorts of mine put them on had like tights on from like football in high school that probably didn't fit him anymore mickey gloves mickey hat and didn't we like cut circles or something to do you, like the mickey button you did something? something else yeah something and then we had him stand on the rim of our hot tub with the lights on at night. And he did the motion. It was great. Um, with the music playing. And we sent that to Jamie and Val. And of course, we all had a good laugh. And Andrew said, okay, you know, challenges. It's, it's in your court, Jamie. You have to top that. And uh, I believe it's been about two or three years, Jamie. And I have not seen a response. Well, I'm still storyboarding. You know, it, it got delayed with, with COVID. <laughs> and, you know, the, the, all these things that you have to, you know, go through. Um cleanliness issues right now so it's just still in the storyboarding process i think that your punishment is that you should have to post it on the circus page. <laughs> well I, I did also want to mention in case any of our listeners weren't sure the only reason andrew's um shorts didn't fit anymore from high school is because he's added on so much muscle perfect all right so all that said let's get a let's get a rating please oh man this is tough <sighs> I, I think I I, ha- I can't take it necessarily from completely my perspective of somebody who's seen the show so many times. I, I want to be fair to the show and almost come from a perspective of would this be good for somebody who's never seen it before? And I think the answer to that is yes. You know, can we be nitpicky with certain things? And, you know, the projection screen technology was cool 20 years ago. Things like that. <laughs> Although, one side note before I, I do give a, a score, as I'm trying to figure out the score in my head. I also think there are certain scenes where it's so loud, it can easily scare younger yes. children. And I, that was a point that I wanted to make that I thought, um, you know, should be should be mentioned. 
Um, so I'm going to give it, since we're not doing halves, I'll give it a six. I went five. So you're not, you're not too far off from, from where I would have been. Um, I just think that there are so many other cool things they could do with that space. Um, and so many ways that I perceive, and of course my perception could be quite wrong that they could plus it and make it better than it currently is. Um, I don't know. There are some folks who, who love it. I had a friend who ran from, from Epcot down the, the, down the walking path of rad to get to the last show of Phantasma because he loved it so much. He went to see it one more time. So it definitely has appeal to some folks, but apparently I'm not some folks. No, it, it, it wouldn't. I mean, we don't know what harmonious is and I don't know where I would stack it up against like illuminations, but it wouldn't be, I mean, gal, uh, the star Wars galactic spectacular is a better show. There's a lot of other better, um, nighttime spectaculars at, or were, I guess you could say, um, Walt Disney world over that. So, um, Donna, I was thinking maybe, uh, since the show's running a little bit longer, we kick animation courtyard to next time we look at Hollywood studios. Yeah, and I have our final numbers if you're interested. Go ahead, run them down. So we are looking at, from last time, Hollywood Boulevard, the one attraction there, Mickey Minnie Runaway Railway came in at a 6.5 for us. Echo Lake came in at 5.3. Sunset Boulevard, the five attractions there, 6.5 again. Cool, which was the same as Mickey and Minnie. So some some things definitely uh, pulled it down a little bit, but a lot of attractions on Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, yeah, and Animation Academy comes in with another five, so I think that's wise to push that to next time. Animation Courtyard. All right, well, speaking of next time, <laughs> next week is the Happy Birthday Donna show. Are you excited? Can't wait. Overly excited. I know. You're like bubbling over with your joy. You can't contain yourself. So make sure that you tell your friends. Uh, tune in for our next episode. The Happy Birthday Donna show will be episode number 42 of the Circus 71 podcast. Also Donna's our eight. Feature- Ouch, you're such a turd. In any case, uh, that's all we have for you uh, this week. Despite Jamie being a turd, we hope you have a great week and we'll see you 